In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. So what, just talk into this, talk into this microphone here or something? Hey, hey, how you doing? Uh, this is the Craigslist, uh, what is it, a podcast or something? Like, uh, this is funny, I've never done one of these before, uh, podcasts, like this is, uh, this is interesting, this is fun. Um, <laughs> what, uh, so what, what do you just talk, talk and stuff? You know, you'd know, you'd know, you know, you clearly know what you're doing here. And, uh, you know, I'm just along for the ride. So, you know, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll just be quiet. You know, I don't really have opinions on things or, or anything, you know. So what do you, what do you, what do you talk about? Movies? Oh yeah, I, you know, I go to the movies occasionally, you know, I know, you know, I've seen a movie or, or two. I'm not like an expert or anything on, uh, movies, you know, well, well, what are you talking about today? The Hustler. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I don't really, I don't know. I saw it, you know, I don't know if, I, you know, I don't want to have an opinion about it or anything, you know, uh, I'll just be quiet, uh, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> so this is what, like the 1961, you know, movie directed by Robert Rossin, you know, starring Paul Newman and George C. Scott. Joe Pesci. Piper Lorraine. <laughs> no, Joe Pesci is not in it. <laughs> <laughs> and who else is in it? Myron McCormick, Murray Hamilton, <laughs> Jackie Gleason as Minnesota Fats. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I've seen this movie. Yeah, maybe I have some uh, opinions on it, you know. This is the one where uh, Fast Eddie Felsen, you know, wrestles his own demons and uh, <laughs> defeats Minnesota Fats. But uh, it's one of the few American movies where the hero wins by surrendering, by accepting reality instead of his dreams. Yeah, that's right. I have opinions. <laughs> I'm a podcast hustler, motherfuckers. I've been hustling you all along. I knew exactly what this movie is. I know what podcasts are. I know this is the Craigslist podcast. I'm Craig Kikowski. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been hustling you all along. This is episode 75. This is number 26 <laughs> on Craigslist. And today we're going to talk about a pool movie. You should win an Oscar for that performance you just gave. Yeah. It was really long. <laughs> Is that the main criterion for long winning Oscars? Length, yeah. Length of monologue? Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't even show that at the Oscars now. It, uh, it's too long. It's too long. I used to love the, the clip, the Oscar winning, <laughs> the Oscar nominated clips yeah. that they would show. And you can tell when the, episode is running over because always when they do supporting actor or supporting actress first, it's always like a two minute clip for yeah. each person. And then at the end, uh, when they get to best actor, it's like five seconds for each of them, you know, cause they have three different options that the uh, director has depending on the length of the ceremony of how long of a clip they're going to show of each performance. 
hey guys uh, <laughs> sorry to hustle you uh man i've been making so much money on this podcast <laughs> hustling people it's crazy what movie are we doing again <laughs> We are doing uh, The Color of Money. <laughs> uh, who are you? Hi, I'm Carla. I'm so tired. Oh, <laughs> par for the course. Par for the course. Actually, the last time we were here, I was really tired, too, when we did... Uh, when you say here, where are we? We are at our second home. <laughs> <laughs> We are at the Blacker home. We're at the Blacker home where last we did Dr. Strangelove. Oh, that's right. With Ben and Ooh. Julie. We also Ooh. did the Big Night episode, which, which was probably, really fun. Which was really fun and definitely the drunkest we've been for any episode. Yes. We did that with Julie. And we've also had this gentleman over to our house for a little episode called Tootsie. And here he is again. You know him as the one of the creators of the Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast and live show, and also the writer of such comic books as the Thrilling Adventure Hour, Star Wars, Join the Resistance, and Hexwives, the brand new Hexwives, which is coming out. Please welcome Ben Blacker. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Carla. You're welcome. <laughs> Star Wars Join the Resistance was a book, though. Not a no, that is book. a series of novels. Book three is currently on the show. Uh, and it's the best one. You know why? Because you wrote it. Acker wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> the third is always the best, right? We had a much clearer picture of the, what this book would be than the previous one, which was rough going <laughs> what does it feel like to write a book terrible <laughs> <laughs> not recommended is it like stressful no it's just you gotta you know sit down it's like all, all writing you have to sit down in a chair and do the work and yeah. but with books there's a lot more painting a picture like you painted a picture of where we were tonight mm -hmm. I say <laughs> did she instead of just saying Blacker interior <laughs> Blacker household. Mm -hmm. You have to really say what it looks like. Yeah. That's Are you tough. thinking about writing a book, Carla? No. <laughs> you should write a book. No way. You'd be great on the page. <laughs> <laughs> much better than in person. <laughs> much better. <laughs> what would your Real book? Real good on the page. <laughs> what would your book be? Um, my book would be about birds. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I hate to tell you, but Audubon beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> we only have room for one bird book. <laughs> He wrote it first. He wrote it best. Is that what Follow That Bird was based on? <laughs> yes. Is that, is that on the list? <laughs> Follow That Bird, not in the top 25. I like to. No. You know, I love this podcast. Uh, I love talking to you guys about movies. Um, I like to think that every guest, whenever a movie is mentioned, just goes, is that on the list? <laughs> it feels like that happens. I think that does happen. It does happen yeah. a lot. Is that on your list? Yeah. yeah. There's only 25 movies left oh. after this one today, and I bet we've mentioned most of them at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh. Except I, for the first one. Who knows what it is? <laughs> Listener, <laughs> you'll find out in 25 weeks. Somebody listening. Nope. 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 <laughs> More like in a year. 50 weeks. <laughs> Somebody listening in the car just then was like, oh no, what happened to my podcast? <laughs> I do that all the time. Hustled. I, yeah, we hustled you. We're hustlers. Look at us, Paul Newmans. Do you talk back to your podcast when there's dead air? All the time. I'm like, oh no, where, where did you go? Not to the people on the podcast, just to the podcast just the itself. Podcast, yeah. <laughs> I do have to tell you that Carla talks back to any art that she interacts with. <laughs> 
what? not just the movies on Craigslist. I don't know what that means. <laughs> like I walk past like a like a photograph hanging in a restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you. Yeah. Hey, good looking. Hey, good looking. Be back to pick I, you up I later. I would like a special episode where it's Carla's quotes at a museum. <laughs> we should do that. We should, fun. We should go totally to, to LACMA. Let's just figure out more ways to just r- draw this podcast <laughs> out, everybody. <laughs> Carla, you're back in town. I'm back. Your Portland side trip has ended. <laughs> Yeah. Spinoff. Your, spin-off. your Portland spinoff. You spent 11 months living in Portland. What was that like? Awesome. <laughs> I loved it. And are you happy to be back in Los Angeles? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We're happy you're back. <laughs> Thank you, friend. I'm happy you're back. Craig's Thank listeners you, are happy you're husband. back. <laughs> And uh, we're we're hoping to resume close to a regular schedule for this. I think yes. we're still going to be every two weeks. Uh, Reasonable. Yeah, while the while the summer is still going on, harder to book guests in the summer. Uh, our schedule's still a little up in the air, but sure, uh, everyone's at the beach. Everyone, yeah. everyone is at beach the beach time. Yeah, you want a guest for every episode you said that's left. I'd like to have guests all the way through the end. Not I good think. enough for it's you guests anymore. all the way Just down. Just not good enough. <laughs> well, I, th- if you, I think your regret comes through <laughs> <laughs> to agreeing to this. <laughs> Uh, Ben, how have you been since we last had you on? Oh, not bad, honey. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I enjoyed revisiting this film. I hadn't seen it in about 20 years. 20 years. Uh, So second time seeing it then? Probably second or third, yeah. Okay. I know I saw it in the theater at some point, like at the, at a, uh, like a revival house. Revival house, yeah, the Brattle Theater, I believe. In Boston? In Boston. Brattle? Mm-hmm. That's a cool Is name. It, it's uh, the best revival house in the country. Why? Yeah. Because uh, they have great programmers. Okay. They put together really terrific uh, like double features and stuff. I used to go all the time. Mine in Chicago was the Music Box uh, mm-hmm. when I lived in Chicago. And I think especially after the first AFI list came out, I think they tried to show as many of the oh, AFI great. 100 on weekend matinees as possible. So I saw a lot of the movies oh, wow. on my list on the big screen, uh, especially ones that I had only seen on home video before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it's such a huge, beautiful theater. Oh, too. that's awesome. So a, lot, a lot of good memories there. Is there a good revival house in Los Angeles? Well, the New Beverly, which is closed. Is it? Is it? Yeah. They're supposed to be reopening next year. Oh, I, I know the Tarantino bought it. Right. And that's, I think it's been closed for repairs for like a year. Really? Yeah. Oh. We had such a good time going to that Elaine May double feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We talked about that. Was, that was this year, right? That must have been over a year ago, yeah, right? Yeah, like last Because I downloaded that movie after you guys yeah. saw it. A New saw Leaf? It. Yeah. New Did movie. you like A New Leaf? I still haven't watched oh, it. Oh, it's so funny. I actually funny. downloaded it again because we're traveling this week and I thought I might watch it on <laughs> oh, the plane. it's fun. I think you'll like it. It's really fun. I look forward to it. I love Elaine May. I did not know that. So, yeah. But then there's the Egyptian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen things there. Uh, I feel like so, I don't know. Like it's it's harder for me to get out to a revival movie theater. I know there's a place in Santa Monica I've been to a couple times. That yeah, I like. uh, the Arrow maybe. Um, but listeners, get in touch with us. <laughs> Tell us what revival houses you love in Los Angeles. This is a professional podcaster sitting next to me. <laughs> he knows how to spin a. <laughs> 
been a thing. I want to, so. in, I want to involve the listeners, the Craig's listeners. Ben, also the host of the Writer's Panel podcast. True. Which is, uh, still going. Celebrating still going. 1,100 episodes. No, I'm coming up on 400. 400, right? Wow. Yeah. You're doing a live show for 400. I'm doing a live show. Well, I want to come to that. Let me, I hope you will. I will. Let me tell you um, why I'm doing this, if I may. Be Please. indulgent for a minute. Um, one, it's the 400th episode, which... I feel like is that's a big deal. It's an an achievement. Um, I've talked to people for (laughs) for nine years or whatever. Um, But for my 300th episode, this was a couple of years ago. I did a live a live show at Largo, and it was a great show. Like we had amazing guests. We I had amazing guests. Um, Mike Schur and Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof and Greg Daniels. Like it was a great thing. You will notice all of those. writers have something in common they are all white men Mm. and though i tried two years ago it was very hard to book a showrunner or creator uh who is a woman or person of color Mm -hmm. and i wound up with only two women and one uh person of color on that panel and i really was not thrilled about it Mm -hmm. um so i have been thinking for 400 i would like to i can't correct that but it's nice to see that the industry has changed and so the lineup I have for the 400th episode, which I'm doing live on August 26th at the Dynasty Typewriter Theater, is um, all women. And they're like the next generation of powerhouse showrunners. Uh, and cool. a lot of them are doing sort of big IP like the Buffy reboot and mm-hmm. Welcome to Night Vale and um, uh, the Wool series. Uh, a bunch of really cool, like the Dirty John TV show based mm-hmm. on the podcast. They're doing really big, cool things, and they're great writers. So I think it should be a really interesting conversation. I will say that I did notice that it was all female names on that panel. And I reached out to a couple of men mm-hmm. who I wanted to have on it, from either who are doing shows I love or who are about to do shows that I know I'll love. Um, and they just, they're busy. They didn't come to, I you know half the people who I ask come through for any of these. Right. Um, so it wound up this way and I'm, I'm glad of it. I think it'll be a really interesting conversation. Yay. Yeah. I'll come. I saw the list, but I don't typically make assumptions of, of what's a female name and what is a male name. So <laughs> you're right. I feel like I'm, being, I'm like Susan. That could be a man's name. <laughs> Are you hustling us? I feel like I'm being hustled. I think he's hassling us. <laughs> well, let's talk about the hustler. Mm-hmm. 1961. Uh, film directed and co-written by Robert Rossin, uh, based on a novel starring Paul Newman as Fast Eddie Felsen, uh, also with Jackie Gleason, George C. Scott, Piper Laurie, and, uh, and others. This movie was nominated for nine Academy Awards, winner for black and white cinematography and black and white art direction. Lost. That was the category? Uh, they used to separate color in black and white. Really? When in, uh, in a lot of ways. <laughs> oh dear God! <laughs> uh, in uh, particularly in the era where there was kind of equal, Hollywood was making equal amounts of both. You know, because there was so there were separate categories. Well, there were separate categories. That's to me was the most interesting thing about this movie, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But it was an interesting year. Like it was Hollywood in flux between the 50s and 60s. Like yes, what Hollywood would become and what it was. Yeah, this was the year the West Side Story won. Oh, interesting. Uh, so the Hustler lost to that. And then Paul Newman w- w- lost the Best Actor Oscar to Maximilian Schell. Who that? For what? Uh, for Judgment at Nuremberg. I never heard of it. Uh, it's a good movie. 
It's I a, don't it's know. It's a very good that's movie. That's true. Well, it's about You'll the... be watching it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you won't. You won't. Is this how you're breaking it to me? I've got 10 more Holocaust films coming out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Judgment at Nuremberg is, is very good. Uh, but uh, I feel like Paul Newman's performance in this movie is very iconic. And he was eventually nominated for seven, I think, uh, Best Actor nominations without winning. Over his career. Over his Not career. Not just for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> they love this movie so much. Let's give it to him seven times. With, uh, but seven without winning. And then he eventually won a career achievement award, lifetime achievement award at the Oscars because I think they had the fear that he was never going to win one. So I think that was 84 or 85. Wow. But then he made The Color of Money, the sequel to this in 86. And it was one of those classic, uh, Academy Award lifetime achievements, you know, because he had been 0 for 7. And he, I mean, to that point, Newman is amazing. And I'm sure we'll talk about him more and maybe my favorite actor of all time. Maybe mine too. Um, yeah. But, like even after eighty four, like getting that or or Color of Money, which was eighty six, gave a dozen great performances. Yeah, like up until a few years before his death, which is unbelievable. When he entered kind of his elder statesman, yeah. uh, and era. Nobody's Fool is one of my all time favorites of his. I love Nobody's Fool. Yeah, he was nominated for that again in ninety four. Oh, he was nominated for Road to Perdition. I loved right. Road to Perdition. And, uh, he was great in that. Hud Soccer Proxy, he was not nominated for, I but he's great that. in that yeah, as, yeah. as well. So, yeah, he had a lot of uh, fun roles as a, a character actor. Yeah, Even in not great movies, he's always compelling. Yeah, um, yeah and he is, he is sort of a character actor who <clears throat> was a leading man, which is really interesting. Uh, what did you think of Paul Newman in this movie, Carla? Super cute. <laughs> <laughs> he was a handsome guy. Oh, yeah. And you uh, can even kind of tell in black and white how his blue eyes yeah. are like oh, are sparkling mm-hmm. in black and white. I loved um, when I was younger, when I was a kid, I think the first thing I saw him in was The Sting. And mm-hmm. I, I really liked that movie. Yeah. You that's know. that's an all-time classic. Yeah. Uh, he and Redford are so fun in that. Redford, I believe, was nominated for that movie and Newman was not. Oh. Uh, were they both nominated for Butch and Sundance? I don't believe either of them were nominated really? for, for Butch and Sundance. Because that's my Newman go-to. I should watch mm-hmm. that again. I didn't understand it when I saw it when I was a kid. That the is sting. another... The what? The Sting? Butch, Butch, Butch and Butch. Sundance, I think. Yeah. I think it's a dude movie, right? I just remember him riding a bicycle around the yard, which is a uh-huh. weird song that didn't feel appropriate. It was so Raindrops 60s. are falling on my head. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, what is it's going on? It's a strange on? movie that like <laughs> masquerades as a, a uh, Re- revisionist movie. Western. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I don't know. Catherine Ross is so great in it. Like the three of them together is are this amazing trio that I think no matter who you are you can you can enjoy that yeah i should watch it again and when we covered the verdict should we watch it right now maybe i'll go watch it <laughs> okay we're going to stop the podcast watch butch cassidy and the sundance kid actually we're just going to listen to raindrops are falling on my head <laughs> <laughs> uh but i i think we talked about the verdict being one of my top 5 performances of all time mm-hmm. and uh but i i think this is definitely Paul Newman at his best, young and charismatic and handsome and cocky. Cocky, you know, he is kind of like that ultimate method actor, very much in the you know James Dean Brando, Brando. tradition. Was he a method actor? He was. Oh. See, this is where, as far as favorite Newman performances, I disagree because it feels to me like this is it's so much in the Brando 
tradition mm-hmm. that it feels like he's not quite who he really is, which is the guy that we got to see from like the mid sixties on, mm. you know, when, well, I think when he started to be in color, <laughs> we got to see the real Paul Newman. Do you uh, like cool hand Luke? Cool hand Luke. Yeah. Which is, is black and white. It feels like the real cool hand Luke is Newman. color. Oh, is see, yeah. I think HUD is, HUD is in black and white. I think I thought that cool hand Luke and the hustler were the same movie. <laughs> it's a similar that. character. This was your first time seeing this, right? It was. It okay. is. And it how'd was. you do? <laughs> didn't make it. Carla, how much of this movie, let's admit it now, Ten how much minutes. of <laughs> No. In order to qualify, of course, you have to watch a third of it. I think so. I watched forty or forty five minutes. I think you I think you did a little better than that. I think you oh. watched uh about an hour fifteen. Really? You were in the room for about an hour fifteen of this movie. You were on your I'll say an hour 15 is about like at the 60 minute mark, it gets real boring. Yeah. Like the, for me, the whole, most of the middle of the movie is really slow. With the lady? And there, yeah, yeah, with Piper Laurie. And there are great scenes, but yeah. they can't compete with the opening half hour of that pool scene, I'm which is amazing. And then the last 15 minutes of the pool scene, which is also amazing. Well, let me tell you, Craigslist, there's a little bit about The Hustler. Uh, we did this already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to just give a brief summation oh, of okay. the plot. Uh, Fast Eddie Felsen is a, uh, a pool hustler traveling the country with his partner, Charlie, uh, who's kind of the, uh, the, the money. Uh, he's the, the steak hound, I believe, uh, you would call it, the guy who puts up the money. Uh, and uh he wants to challenge the the best the best in town in pocket billiards mm-hmm. uh who's a gentleman called Minnesota Fats played by Jackie Gleason so about the first third of the movie almost is this long drawn out over 24 hour pool match uh that Fast Eddie Felsen and Minnesota Fats have uh Fats is up for a while then uh Eddie the cocky young kid starts beating him he's up $18,000, I believe. And then, uh, George C. Scott as a, uh, as a gambler, uh, enters the scene. He's the guy who's putting up the money for Minnesota Fats. And, um, they start to get Fast Eddie drunk. He starts to get a little drunk on his own power too. He starts to lose. And then finally, all this money that he would want against, uh, Minnesota Fats is gone. And, uh, and he's in the hole. So from, he he kind of goes from the the heights of beating the best uh and getting to the top of his game uh to the the ultimate defeat and humiliation um then he kind of falls in with a uh, a troubled uh alcoholic depressed young woman played by Piper Laurie uh as Sarah they meet at a uh, bus terminal uh and they uh kind of become a uh, a couple uh, and then he meets up again with uh, George C. Scott, uh, who kind of convinces him to, you know, tells him he has a lot of talent, but he's ultimately a loser. Uh, and uh, but George C. Scott wants to put up the money to take Fast Eddie back on the road and do some more hustling. And then complications ensue, but uh, but the end is uh, Fast Eddie 
revisiting his rivalry with Minnesota Fats and finally defeating him. This actually was named by the uh, AFI the number six sports movie <laughs> of all time. That leads me to a question I had for you. Okay. Um, I want to do some uh, Craigslist Moneyball. <laughs> so the viewers can maybe, uh, the viewers, the listeners can maybe figure out if something will be one of your favorite movies or if you'll even respond to it. Okay. So of the Craigslist of 100 movies, how many would you categorize as broadly as sports movies? Hmm. Well, this Raging Bull. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I was looking for your list. I thought I had it. That might be it. You have a copy of his list? I do. Wow. You're not allowed to get one, Carla. No. Wow. I can't share it with you. You're like his his other wife. <laughs> <laughs> we we had lunch, a group of us, and we got into this long conversation about what was on Craigslist. Uh, this was a thrilling adventure style lunch with Hal Lublin and Ben Acker. And uh, I think it was the first time we heard of Craigslist. Oh, and this was before the podcast, right? Oh, yeah. Well before. Yeah. Uh, probably a year or so before. And it was the first time we learned about the list, as well as all the other, the tertiary <laughs> lists. <laughs> um, and he sent us the list after that lunch, and we all, it's, it's, it was a chain that was going for a while oh, wow. <laughs> about like where we stand on his choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. But all, all of those guys who were there have eventually been guests on the podcast. Yeah. So Ben Acker, Ben Blacker, Hal Lublin, and Todd Cooper were That's all, right. were all there. Yeah. We at need that to have lunch. Todd back. Yeah. So I think just Raging Bull and uh, The Hustler. Okay. And of the 100 movies on Craigslist, uh, how many star or feature Paul Newman? Just this and The Verdict, I believe. Okay. And George C. Scott? Well, the last time we had you on, we had you on for Dr. Strangelove. Oh, yeah. so I'd I, like I, to be on any time you talk about George C. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Who did George C. Scott play in this? Uh, what's his name? Bert? He's like the, the gangster. Who bankrolls oh, yeah, uh, first yeah. Minnesota Fats and then later Fast Eddie? Got it. Yeah, yeah. He's great in this. I mean, he's, he's really always good. great. But I, yeah. this was on a, like a different role from other things I'd seen him in. Yeah, this was only his third movie. Interesting. Uh, he had made his debut uh, two years before in Anatomy of a Murder. Oh. Uh, Bert Gordon was uh, is the name of his character. So you, you must have missed most of the George C. Scott <laughs> stuff you if you uh, didn't I recognize him, him. I saw him roughing roughing up. Paul Newman. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't rough him Pushing up. Pushing him around a little bit. Well, screaming at him. Yeah. Give me my money. Something <laughs> like that. Well, that's the end of the movie. Well, which you didn't watch. So right. you were, yeah. I'm just telling you the answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so two with George C. Scott? Only two with George C. Scott, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. I would have thought there would yeah. be one more. Um, Patton, hardcore. Pat, no, they're, uh, no, I guess not. Uh, Piper Laurie? Is this the sole appearance of Piper Laurie? The only appearance of Piper Laurie. Piper Laurie, uh, I, I was under the impression that she had, <laughs> Piper Laurie. I really he really likes for her. For a second, you were about to vomit on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I almost helped you. <laughs> I was under the impression that she actually had not made that many movies, but she she did. But she did 
retire for 15 years. After this movie, she did not make another movie until Carrie 15 years really? later. Oh, and so she Carrie was, was really a big deal. It was a big deal because it was kind of her comeback. So she was nominated for this for Best Actress. She was nominated for Supporting Actress for Carrie 15 years later. And then again, she played Marley Matlin's mother and children of a lesser god. Oh. So three Academy Award nominations wow. despite not having – that um, elaborate of a film uh, career, but then people know her from Twin Peaks as yeah. well, and she's still alive. She's still with us. I recommend, uh, if you haven't heard it, our friend Matt Gorley's podcast, I Was There Too. <gasps> That's right. He talked Piper to Piper Laurie, Laurie yeah. right? She did an hour with him, and it's a cool. great conversation because she's been in her? all these... Uh, you know what? Listen to his most recent podcast where I interview Matt, and we talk about how uh, he got her. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll listen. <laughs> but I, I will recommend that podcast to anyone who listens to this one because I think you would enjoy it. Uh, I, I get that for a while the movie kind of, uh, takes a break from pool and gets into this relationship. But I think Piper Lore is very good in, in this movie. And I think for 1961, like, it's, it's a very still and quiet movie. I mean, there's occasional, like, some, some jazz score that's going on to kind of liven up the pool game. But, uh, it, it's a very, I think it's a very kind of bleak, yeah. movie that's you know. that, that that's for me what made it hard to watch well especially that middle section because you're watching two people just destroy themselves mm. yeah and as good as newman is and i don't i don't love piper laurie in it i think she does a fine job but it's also a very sort of 50s style acting job um she's not quite as visceral as i'd want her to be mm-hmm. um and, and but watching these two people destroy themselves and each other, there's nothing enjoyable about it. <laughs> yeah, I think by the standards of the time, though, to show like yeah. depression and alcoholism like in that realistic oh, sure. a way is is very unusual. I, I think it's a, I think it's a heartbreaking performance. Well, I uh, think that's one of the interesting things about the movie too. Is it. It digs deep, especially for a movie from 1961, too, um, where, like, uh, at the time, you didn't get a lot of movies like that. There weren't these sort of uh, character studies that went too deep. Um, but... <laughs> and, and it's... Well, it's interesting that it's on the sports movie top ten of AFI. You know, first of all, is pool a sport is a, is a question, you know. It's a competition. It's a competition, you know. But... It, but it is kind of like that classic man versus man, you mm-hmm. know, man versus himself kind of thing. But And it's really well told. I think this is a really good movie. It's just – I don't know. It's just a hard movie to watch. Yeah. Because like it's all – and even technically, it's all like you get that first third, which is that, that match where you see what he has to come back from. Um, and then it takes you through his psychological journey to when he can win again in the end. And how and what he has to give up to that for that, but it's still it's still a tough movie to watch compared to our like classic conception of a sports movie yeah. when you're thinking about Rocky or Hoosiers or, or whatever. King you know, speech. like the King speech. The King speech is a sports movie, I know. by the way. Of <laughs> like it totally is. Uh, <laughs> Little Man uh, but- Tate. Little Man Tate. <laughs> uh, but th- but I this love is that movie. I do too. <laughs> Compared to most sports movies where the underdog gets yeah. the big victory at the end of like it's not it's not much fun. No. <laughs> no. 
Yeah. Though I, I think that final, and we can talk a little more about Jackie Gleason's performance too, but I think that final confrontation is so great and, and satisfying. Oh, yeah. uh, and Gleason is great in that last scene too. I mean, he's great in both of his big scenes, but yeah. in that last scene where you can see this range of emotions as Fast Eddie stands up to George C. Scott is like, that's a cool dynamic. He's just listening too. Yeah. Like Jackie yeah. Gleason is not saying a lot throughout this whole movie, yeah. you know, but you totally get the sense of exactly who this guy is. Uh, Carla, what, what was watching this movie like for you? Um, I, I don't know. It's just not my, it's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't care. Okay. I'm sorry. Is it that you didn't care about pool? <laughs> um, I don't know what it was. I just, maybe I wasn't in the mood for it. Or also, like, when we spoke to Paget <laughs> last time. Great up. Yeah. By the way. Great up. Thank you. Uh, and she, at the end, when you said the next movie, she was like, oh, a guy's movie. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I felt that right away. I blame Paget then <laughs> for prejudicing no, you against this down, movie. I could have skipped it. I still have one more left. But I sat down to, <laughs> to give it a chance. And immediately I was just like, oh, um, this isn't for me. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that it's a bad movie. It's just not for me. And, and I think you're right that you have to be in the mindset to watch this. Like yeah. the pace of it, the even the story, even like the, the subject matter – I think you you have to get yourself in a zone for it. It it took me I hate to do this, but it took me several days to watch the movie. And yeah. I hate watching a movie like that. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of silence in it and there's a lot of just like little glances and like mm-hmm. little character moments that you really have to be paying attention to to get all the nuances of it and everything. Did you like it as much as you did when you first saw it or when you most recently saw it? Yeah, I, I yeah. really liked it again this time. And I've let me tell you a little bit about my history with it. Uh, I'm glad you asked. I thought pro- <laughs> we already did this part. I, <laughs> Were they all running together we did for not you? do this part. <laughs> I probably first saw this movie when I was 14 or 15, and I watched it with my dad on TV. And when I say on TV, I mean it literally came on local TV like on a Sunday afternoon, like when you're just like watching TV. It's like, next up, the Sunday afternoon movie, The Hustler. (laughs) And and I remember my dad saying, like, oh, this is my favorite movie. And we watched it together. Also, the relationship I have with my dad, we have a pool table in the basement. And I grew up playing. Winning so much money. <laughs> Hustling that old man. <laughs> Put your money That's... on the table, fat man. <laughs> it's rude to call your dad that. He would put on a boutonniere <laughs> and put baby powder all over his hands and be like, I'm going to beat you, fat man. I'm going to beat you, fat man. Uh, but I, I would play pool. I, I would shoot pool by myself in the basement for like hours, perfecting my game. And then whenever I would get the nerve up, I would go upstairs and be like, um, dad, do you want to come downstairs and play me in pool? Aww. And he would come down and kick my ass. <laughs> uh, and, and then also we had, 
a ping pong table that we could put over the pool table. And then the Minnesota Fats uh, for in ping pong to me was my sister, Allison, <laughs> who would kick my ass in ping pong all the time. You're not so, that You're not that <laughs> The funny thing is, is that Craig is very good at both of those games. Just not but as good as them? I've seen his family play those games and they're all equally as good, if not better. <laughs> I, I grew up in a very competitive family and my dad is particularly good at like those kind of like at like bar games, yeah. like Funny. darts, uh, horseshoes, pool, <laughs> you know, like those yeah. kind of games. I think he played a lot when he was growing up and he played a lot in, in his college years in Didn't Philadelphia. Did he beat Jerry O'Connell at horseshoes? Isn't that his <laughs> what? Name? Not Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> What's the other guy's name? Nathan Fillion? Yeah, Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Whatever. My dad kicked Nathan Fillion's ass. Is that right? At, at Nathan's house? At Cornhole. Oh, at Cornhole. <laughs> All right. So a couple we call of it nouns I messed up. Um, was there a game? But he totally could also be Jerry O'Connell <laughs> at Horseshoes. Are you, yeah. are you calling out a challenge? Oh, <laughs> Jerry, man. if you're listening, uh, Bob Jerry? Kikowski wants to take you on in Horseshoes. Long time listener, Jerry yeah. O'Connell. Uh, Make sure was, those leaners turn into ringers. <laughs> Was there a game that you could beat everyone in your family at? No. And then <laughs> and then with my mom, it was a Scrabble. Yeah. My mom would beat me in Scrabble. My dad would beat me in chess also. Oh my my dad would beat – and my, even like when you're kids, like when you're like six or seven, you first like start to learn those games. A lot of, a lot of parents would like – Oh, looks like you won there, you know. No good parent would do that. No, my parents (laughs) would never give me that satisfaction. They would always kick my ass. So there's nothing you could be... Carla, you married the wrong Kakowski. (laughs) (laughs) What a loser. For real. Uh, But you beat them at stuff now. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Cornhole. I play my mom like... Uh, currently, we have two different Scrabble games going. <laughs> I probably win about eighty percent of our Scrabble games yeah. online. Yeah. Uh, eventually, I got to the point she's where an old woman. <laughs> she's that's an not, old woman. Nice. Her mind is going too. Uh, <laughs> I hope she's listening. We would be making her so proud. <laughs> Uh, eventually I got to the point where I could beat my dad regularly at pool. Yeah. Uh, eventually I got to the point where I could beat Allison regularly at, at ping pong, (laughs) you know, but I know that feeling of taking on that challenge, you know, of that unconquerable person and also getting so close to it and getting cocky about it, just like fast Eddie does in this is in this first scene fast Craigie with with Minnesota. I'm fast Craigie. (laughs) That's who I am. Yuck. You know, so I can. Did you say yuck? (laughs) So I can relate. I can relate to Fast Eddie. Well, uh, I think in this movie, in in the way that Newman portrays all of that, he's a really relatable character. Like you, his he's his nerve is showing, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are getting to see the raw emotion of this character, and I think it's very easy to understand that and to empathize with that for sure yeah it is that it's like the classic gambler thing right gambling movie (laughs) yeah it's it's a compulsion yeah yeah Yeah, it's rounders you know uh i mean it the same dynamic has been repeated many times leaving mahoney or what is (laughs) owning mahoney (laughs) owning mahoney Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Mahoney. <laughs> owning Las Vegas. <laughs> Own, owning Las Vegas is particularly poignant. <laughs> There's a line at the beginning of this film 
Yes. When Fast Eddie goes to the pool hall to find Minnesota Fats, and I forget what the line leading in to this is, but the guy behind the bar's response is, this is Ames, mister. Yeah. As if everybody knows, we just shoot straight pool here. Yeah. You know, it's what we're known for. <laughs> I can't imagine that was true. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ames, mister. Well, they uh, he asked for a drink, I think. And he's like, no bar? And he's oh, like, that's right. no, no bar, yeah. you know, yeah. just no... Uh, hey, there's I this no part. way he would know that. Yeah. Uh or he says like something else, like no no ski ball or like no darts yeah, or whatever. Right. No Dark. pinball. No pinball. Yes. You know, it's like no jukebox. Yeah. I don't know if you nope. said that. <laughs> yeah. No bar, no jukebox, no pinball, just yeah. straight pool. No Miss Pac-Man. This is Ames. No Miss Pac-Man, no Galaga. This is Ames, mister. This is Ames, mister. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were a pool hall. I thought you were running a business. <laughs> Maybe you have drinks on hand. So Ames was a real billiard hall in uh I think in Times Square, but somewhere in Manhattan, and that's where they shot it. It's actually Whoa. Interesting that it won the Academy Award for set decoration and art direction oh, because wow. it's like I think a lot of it is just like this is a real <laughs> pool hall and they shot on location. Oh, that's neat. You know, so I, I I think a lot of the movie was shot on location, uh, which again was unusual. For what the, other fun for the facts time. do you know? That's it. Oh, uh, <laughs> disappointing. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Well, I know that uh, Bobby Darren was originally going to play Fast Eddie Felsen. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, That's uh, a different movie. Paul Newman was supposed to make a movie with Elizabeth Taylor, but Elizabeth Taylor was held up making Cleopatra at sure. the time. Oh, she really? made that movie and for 10 years. <laughs> Cleopatra, like, it took two years to make that, and so they canceled or that they – uh, Newman got out of his contract of the other movie because Elizabeth Taylor was not going to be available. They had already done Cat on the Hot Tin Roof together in 58. Uh, and he agreed to do The Hustler after only having read half the script. Oh, neat. Uh, he had never picked up a pool cue before making this movie. Uh, he was trained in pool by Willie Moscone, the, uh, probably the most famous American pool player who you can see uh, in cameo, cameo roles <laughs> throughout the movie, he plays Willie, the guy who keeps the stake throughout uh, the the match with uh, Minnesota Fats, and all the trick shots that you see in the movie. When you cannot see Gleason or Newman mm-hmm. make a shot themselves, that's probably Willie Moscow. But there were making that shot. shots where you could see them making themselves, which was really cool. Absolutely, there, there's not a lot of like cutting to the ball going no. in. Of like, there's a lot of just like playing out in real time. Yeah. You see them making the shot. It's also a beautifully shot movie for sure. Like it, it has a visual style that I sort of didn't expect. Based on what the movie was, it's in widescreen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's in. Cin- but there's a lot of like foreground, background, yeah. uh, stuff. Like it's really pretty. The cinematographer, I, I forget his name, but he did win the uh, the Academy Award for this, uh, and he had done Metropolis uh, for oh, wow. Fritz Lang in the 1920s. So like he started out in silent film, and he actually in, invented the technique where they project backgrounds, uh, actors into backgrounds mm-hmm. via mirrors before they started doing uh, rear projection. So like he kind of invented that technique. So he was quite old uh, at the time because <laughs> he had been around in movies for 50 years. Uh, Eugen Schuftan. Eugen Schuftan, of course. <laughs> Eugen Schuftan. Was who I was thinking of. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. And another cameo in this movie, the bartender, when uh, Piper Laurie and Paul Newman go to the uh, the bar, is played by Jake LaMotta. Oh, really? oh I saw uh, his name in the credits. Raging Bull himself. 
Uh, uh, huh. And of course, his life story would be directed by Martin Scorsese, who would also direct the sequel, The Color of Money, to The Hustler. It all connects. Life is just one big and connect of course, the dots. Kevin Bacon is in both of these films. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, well, let's go chronologically through the movie a little bit with a segment that we like to call... Carla Schmutz. <laughs> She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's clothes. <laughs> oh, another cameo early on, the bartender in the very first scene. There's a little pre-credit scene where uh, Fast Eddie and Charlie go to uh, to some bar in the middle of nowhere and hustle people. The bartender there is Vincent Gardenia. Oh, really? Who that? Uh, from Little Shop of Horrors That's and, probably, and uh, Moonstruck. Probably less of a cameo than it is a guy who just wanted to work. Sure. <laughs> he only became a name later. I will tell you about another personal connection I have to this movie, too. Was your dad in it? Uh, no, it's improv related. Okay. Oh. Uh, so in 1999 or 1998 in Chicago, I directed a, a group of improvisers. <laughs> Uh, called JTS Brown. And JTS Brown created this form, uh, and this is really getting just some improv nerdery that nobody gives a shit about, but it, it was kind of revolutionary in Chicago. And, uh, Jason Sudeikis and Ike Barinholtz were the guys who created that group, and a lot of great improvisers were in it, like, uh, Peter Gross, uh, Christina Gaussis, Jillian Vigman, uh, Rob Janis, I don't want to name the whole group, but of like a lot of, a lot of great people were in it. And but JTS Brown is the whiskey that Fast Eddie drinks in the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he says it about ten times. He orders a JTS Brown. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, I forget who named the group, but the, they were obviously were a Paul Newman fan, and we all had a shot of JTS Brown, which is a Kentucky bourbon on opening night. I remember it being super nasty, but I don't <laughs> I don't like bourbon uh, myself. But well, that is and just to like back up what you're saying, the JTS Brown is like a really famous famous improv form so i've heard it a lot which you'll understand why i'm saying this in a second <laughs> so when you've seen it and yeah when he first orders a jts brown car that says jts brown i know what that is that's an improv group <laughs> <laughs> did you think he was going to ask for a suggestion from Minnesota <laughs> totally. Fats? also every time that they said jts brown i said the same thing <laughs> <laughs> you did say that constantly well, you love a movie. runner i love a runner we watched the first 20 minutes of this with your mother who was in town. Yeah. Uh, we were hoping maybe to see the whole movie with her, but, uh, I think you both got tired. <laughs> but my mom had seen it. Yeah, your several mom times, liked I it, I think. She was like, oh, that's with Jackie Gleason was the first thing she said. Yeah. She knew. Uh, and then she also thought that Paul Newman was in the Cincinnati Kid, but that's a very similar movie, which is the same thing for poker, oh, but okay. it's with Steve McQueen. Oh, I've never seen that. Um, but but she had her uh her phone was going off and she was trying to talk to Siri. <laughs> and uh and uh Siri was going off constantly uh and she's like, Should I turn it off? And Siri said and she has a male Siri for some reason. Uh said, Zero. that may be beyond my abilities at this moment. <laughs> Which I think is a good all-purpose excuse for anything you can't do. That may be watching my mom try to use her phone, and she's not elderly. (laughs) I don't know if that's better or worse. It's hilarious. She just will scream at her phone. That may be beyond my abilities at the moment. It's kind of like it's beyond my control. (laughs) Um. 
right away, Paul Newman uh, is playing some local guys, you know, in in a game of pool, and you know, the the whole hustle thing is you you screw up right away, so you make yourself look worse than you are, uh, and and so when he misses a shot right away, Carlos said, "He's not the hustler, is he? Because that's pretty bad." <laughs> You got hustled. <laughs> and then I tried to mansplain that to her, and I said, the whole point of hustling is, and Carla interrupted me, I know, I was joking, Jesus. <laughs> oh, so you've become self-aware on these Carlos quotes. But then my mom like said, my mom said, I don't think she was joking. <laughs> <laughs> so she sold you out right away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she's capable of that right now. <laughs> Siri? <laughs> Uh, their cover story when they're hustling is like they're supposed to go to some convention in Pittsburgh of like their salesmen or what is whatever on the road. <laughs> and, uh, and Charlie's like, we gotta get to that convention. And Fast Eddie says, up the flagpole with the convention. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Charlie kind of disappeared from this movie, huh? Well, they have that one scene in the middle where he visits uh, him. Yeah. But, the, but we never know what happened uh, with that guy. That guy, that guy was a good actor as yeah. well. Yeah. Maybe that's a story that needs to be told. Writers, <laughs> get on it. You're a writer. I got my hands full. <laughs> but it's certainly rare for a movie at the time to have a pre-credit sequence. So there's a cold no. open. There's yeah. a cold open. Uh, and then a, uh, a very fun uh, title sequence with some of the, uh, the jazz score. Um, but uh, he, he's trying to duplicate a trick shot uh, a couple times. And so that the cold opens ends with him missing the trick shot. And, uh, when it cut to the, uh, the, the jazz score and the, uh, the title sequence, Carla said, oop, uh, did he make it? I just missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think your attention was not really on this movie. I think you're right. The editing, by the way, by, uh, Dee Dee Allen, who's w- one of the, uh, the most famous editors in, uh, Hollywood history. Uh, she also did Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, and she worked, uh, all the way up until Wonder Boys. Ah. Uh, she, she could have gone a little heavier on this movie. <laughs> cut, cut like a half hour out of this. I could You would have liked to cut her two more? I, yeah, I would have liked yeah. to set a, like, a <laughs> tight hour 30. Now, if you, uh, are, are around my age, you re- may remember, uh, TV Pool duos, du- uh, uh, duels, mm-hmm. not duos, but duels, mm-hmm. uh, between Willie Moscone, the, the technical advisor for this movie, and Minnesota Facts, a, a pool player named Minnesota Fats. Well, there was no pool player named Minnesota Fats what? when this movie came out. There was a, a hustler named Rudolph Wonderoni. Yes. So there was a pool hustler named Rudolph Wonderoni. Ah, he took it over. Who took the name Minnesota Fats after this movie yeah. and started touring, uh, hustling, uh, as the character. He claimed That's to be the inspiration. Weird. Claimed to be the inspiration. This guy can go to hell. I guess he was known as Fatty and he was known as New York Fats, but apparently the guy who wrote the novel did not actually base the Walter character. Tevis. Walter Tevis. Who also wrote The Color of Money. <laughs> no. Uh, he did, he did write The Color of Money, by the way, but, uh, Scorsese, when he adopted it, did not use anything from the novel, basically. Because <laughs> Just the title? In the sequel, he does meet up with Minnesota Fats again, but that character does not make an appearance in the, uh, Scorsese movie. I would love to have my own pool cue in a leather case. Like that, that would be pretty cool. Right? Right. Uh, hint, hint <laughs> for a Christmas <laughs> present. Listeners. When's the last time you played pool? 
I did play a fair amount of pool in Chicago. You know, uh, Chicago is very much a bar town, and there's always bar games going on there. Another improv legend, Mick Napier, uh, who is the the founder of the Annoyance Theater, is well known for his pool hustling and his pool prowess in Chicago. I did beat Mick once in pool Whoa. in Chicago, and that that was one of the uh, the highlights of your life of my life. I think he scratched on the break, so I I, I think it it doesn't count. Do you understand <laughs> the term? <laughs> do you understand the intricacies of the game of pool? I know what scratch means. Okay, what does it mean? It means you go to hit the ball, and your the tip of your thing hit scratches. The Wait, a what? <laughs> <laughs> your dick uh, <laughs> bumps into the All table. Right, guys, this is a real man's movie. <laughs> uh, no, the ball flies up in the air, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody goes scratch. Well, that's at the same and a record time. scratches, right? <laughs> But this pool hall, this is Ames. They Every, didn't have a jukebox. This is Ames. This is Ames, Mister. Uh, I love the table. Uh, I love the line. It feels like a morgue in here. Yeah, the tables are the slabs they lay the stiffs on. There's a lot of that sort of hard-boiled dialogue, which feels like it must have been lifted right from the book. Mm. Probably, yeah. I because I, I think, although it has kind of a noiry feeling, the dialogue is. Mm. Th- there are moments where the dialogue is hard-boiled. For the most part, it's pretty grounded. It's naturalistic. And naturalistic, yeah. yeah. When he goes into the uh, the pool hall and says, uh, "Who can beat me?" and Carly, Carly, who that? I Carly. And I Carly says, <laughs> and Carla said, "I think Jackie can." Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Then she turned around and started talking to a painting on your wall. <laughs> I don't know. She's lost it. Much. She watched too many movies. <laughs> Something I tried to capture in the in my cold open for this podcast <laughs> yeah. is is like the faux humility of hustling, you know? So of like there's something about like the dance that you have when like setting up a, a game with somebody of like, oh, I don't know, mister. Do you play pool? Of like, oh yes, uh I've played a little bit of pool, you know. You aren't fast any fellow by any chance are you, oh are you Minnesota fans oh would you like to play a game of flute? what how much would you like to play for oh well this amount is you know of like well maybe what about a larger amount but know? it's on full display in that first scene where it's clearly false and like they're they know the game they're each playing but then later uh fast Eddie doesn't play the game at all which is really interesting well when they go to Louisville yeah. to take on the the he gets right to it yeah and and so he's like he's not going through the niceties of yeah. of hustling, which which I, I I like that moment. I thought that was cool. That was yeah. a great scene. This is Carla at the fifteen minute mark. I'm bored. <laughs> Did I scare you? I made my mom jump. <laughs> so it was good to have a witness. It was good to have a, w- a witness of your mom to see. I did. I said it out of the blue really loud. It's funny. <laughs> Most of your observations were along the lines of who's hustling who. So you, you said, he is hustling him now. <laughs> now who's the hustler? Now who's being hustled, huh? I mean, there's a lot of like dick measuring in, in this movie. Like the. Oh, I didn't see any of that. <laughs> Jackie Gleason comes out better than you'd think. <laughs> no, I would fully place all bets on him. Yeah, not like Milton Berle level, but no. uh, but decent um, for his era. <laughs> I but, get that. I heard. I heard about that. Okay. Recently. <laughs> recently. <laughs> on a podcast. Oh. 
<laughs> was it you must remember this? Is she, is she doing a special six-part series? <laughs> Unknown Girl. Unknown Girl's dick. <laughs> Unknown Girl's. No, Mark Maron was talking about it. <laughs> so Milton Burl was supposed to have a big dick, right? I, I don't know. Who you guys? Oh, you guys. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but the scene where George C. Scott like joins the game and like he hasn't said anything, he's just observing. He's like, "Hey, Mister, can you move? You're you're in my way." And George C. Scott gets up and elaborately moves his seat over like three inches. <laughs> like it's the ultimate dick move. It's great, you know. Uh, here's Carla on Paul Newman. He handsome. <laughs> Girl, you're right. Girl, you so right. Uh, Fast Eddie, kind of in one of his monologues to Minnesota Fats, even if you beat me, I'm still the best. Carla said, what? I don't understand this logic. <laughs> <laughs> and then when George C. Scott decides to put up the, the money uh, to stake uh, Fats, uh, he says, he's a loser. And Carla said, you're a loser, baby, so why don't you kill me? That The original oh. version had that needle drop. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was cut out for a home video. <laughs> For VHS. Somebody got called a damned fool and Carlos said, you damned fool. What a damned fool. Every time I make a mistake, I'm going to say I'm a damned fool. Man, I'm stupid. And when the, when the match was over, the you said. Kind. The good kind. When the match was over, you said, Eddie, you dummy, you loser. He hustled you. He hustled you right out of town. You're right. And I was right. And then this is something that Carla does when she's really bored with a movie is she will go on Wikipedia and look up the entire plot to the movie <laughs> so she can get out of watching the rest of it. And I did. And you did. And this is your narrative. Let's find out what happens in The Hustler. Let me guess. <laughs> he hustles him back again. And then at that very moment, at that very moment that you're saying that out loud, Piper Laurie appeared on screen and then you said, oh, but first he's got to ruin this lady's life. <laughs> And he does, you know. I mean, it was spot on. I was, yeah, I wasn't reading that. I was just no. You that. knew exactly. If there's a lady in this movie, he's going to ruin her life. If a lady comes in 40 minutes into this film, I've already seen a man behave very badly. <laughs> we know that she's toast. And she's uh, she's smoking at the bus station. And uh, Carla said, "Remember when smoking was sexy?" And I said, "When was that?" And you said, "Yesterday." <laughs> <laughs> And then Carla, uh, or, uh, Fast Eddie goes up to order something, uh, at the counter, and Carla said, I'd like to see the movie where he hits on this waitress. And. <laughs> <laughs> what were you watching? I don't know. And he's just, I was so bored. And he has the briefest interaction with her, and then you said, oh, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> Although, any interaction with Paul Newman is amazing. <laughs> And then, uh, when Piper Lori leaves, she says, have a nice trip. And, or, or, <laughs> or maybe Fast Eddie said this. He says, have a nice trip. And Carla said, in my pants. <laughs> I think he did say that. <laughs> he said both of those. Yeah. Uh, you also said, oh my God, they say that improv show so much in this movie. <laughs> uh, when he, and I think of it first when he meets Sarah, like he is trying to hustle her because he doesn't have a place to stay. Right. right. You know. Interesting. I thought about that. I wondered. Later on, he know. does say, "When when I first met you, I hus I was hustling you, but you knew I was, I was hustling right. you, and then I decided I wasn't hustling you anymore, or something like that." Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Know, I didn't realize that. Did I, I mean, make that up. <laughs> was it on the it's Wikipedia sad. page? <laughs> I might have just made that whole thing up, and you totally bought it. Well, you're hustling us. You're hustling <laughs> it sounds us. Sounds like a Carla. good scene. Thank you. But I mean that. 
there's uh there is a scene when Charlie comes in and like meets up with him at uh at Sarah's apartment when you know she doesn't know what he does. She doesn't know that he's a hustler and suddenly this guy shows up out of nowhere and like gives his whole like life story and everything and he's like you don't you understand lady like this guy's the greatest hustler of like he can charm anybody and anything <laughs> you know like and for like the boyfriend that you've been dating for less than a week you know <laughs> to hear that about him of like that, that that's really uh uh, tough to hear. Um, he d- before he hooks up with Sarah, though he rents a place in New York for a buck and a half a night. Wow! Can you get a Airbnb for that rate <laughs> in Manhattan now? Yeah, pay in advance. Also, uh, Charlie calls her uh, Eddie's girl. <laughs> Hello, Eddie's girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he uh, never told her name. Nope. Never That's learned on her Eddie. name. Sarah. I mean, uh, we knew it. I'm just saying. I'm just proving that I watched this movie. <laughs> uh, great first uh, first scene between Newman and Scott too, of like when mm-hmm. they meet up again, you know. And he only kind of barely remembers him from this this night. But uh, I mean, George C. Scott is kind of like that venal, you know, character of like he makes his living gambling and taking advantage of being able to psychologically nail like whatever people's weaknesses mm-hmm. are. You know, and then you see him do it for the next 40 minutes. Yeah. And so he kind of like sizes up Piper Laurie right away and yeah. like it starts to like poke away. It's at brutal. Her. It's brutal. Yeah. Uh, he refused his Oscar nomination, by the way. Uh, and then, of course, he famously, when he finally won for Patton in 1970, refused the uh, the Oscar as well. Come on. Get over yourself. What are you doing? Just take it. More like George C. Snot. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? You're right. You're right. right. You're right. I wasn't sure. No, I was really good. Uh, so, so the middle portion of their romance. Uh, you were in the middle portion. You were yeah. not so. I have one comment about it. Okay. There is a scene um, in that middle portion when they go to a fancy restaurant. And it's the first time she's seen Eddie wear a tie. Yeah. And we see them enter this restaurant. Like, there's a lot of walking around in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> we see them enter this restaurant, take their seats, and they're a little uncomfortable. And it's a good sort of setup. The menus and they order sherry. Um, and then it cuts to the end of the meal when he's like, I got to tell you I'm leaving town to go off with George C. Scott. I really wanted to know what they talked about all through dinner. Right. <laughs> like, I didn't want to watch it. But like... What do these two have to say to each other? Yeah. Yeah. At all. They don't really know each other. No. Right. Yeah. But they also are making no effort to get to know each other. Yeah. Because they're both so guarded. So that was like, they must have just sat there for an hour talking about how good the sherry was, how dry <laughs> the sherry was. <laughs> I don't know. Then, uh, he, uh, he hooks up with George C. Scott, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with his terrible, like, 75-25 split. <laughs> Uh, they, they go to Louisville on Derby weekend. So mm-hmm. he's going to meet up with this, uh, wealthy fish, uh, to, to take his money. Played by, uh, actually a, a gentleman who's had more appearances, who's going to have more appearances on Craigslist than Piper Laurie or Paul Newman. Yeah. Uh, Murray Hamilton, mm-hmm. uh, who's best known, uh, probably as Mr. Robinson from The Graduate. Oh, yeah. And of course, as the mayor in Jaws. Yeah. 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 Mayor Vaughn. <clears throat> Uh, but he doesn't play pocket billiards. He plays billiards. I I can't split hairs. <laughs> <laughs> so billiards is a game where you just have you have one white ball and two red balls, 
and it's and there's no pockets and I don't even understand how it works, you know. What? And it's literally you, I think you have to hit two pockets and one ball each time or, or something like that. Folks, write in and tell us. <laughs> no, it's okay. You billiards experts. <laughs> Uh, I want you to hit Carla, let her know, uh, walk her through it, make a video if you can. <laughs> but I think the movie does kind of pick up again at, at this point because there's so much psychologically going on between Piper Laurie and George C. Scott and Paul Newman, you know, or Fassett is kind of oblivious to everything that's kind of going on. But that shot of her drunkenly walking down the steps at the party, it's one continuous shot uh, and like. Uh, passing off a martini, getting another one, and then George C. Scott kind of comes up and Oof. whispers something in her ear. We don't hear what Gross. he says, and she throws her drink yeah. on him. Yeah, I found all of that very hard to watch. It's very disturbing. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, especially for a, a, a movie of this era where they can't say or show yeah. that much. You know, it's... Uh, and, uh, yeah. And then she ends up uh, sleeping kind of through coercion with uh, George C. Scott. Uh, she writes in lipstick on the mirror, perverted, twisted, crippled, and then kills herself. Uh, Fast Eddie comes back to the hotel to find her dead. It's it's really tragic and, and awful. Um, Your favorite kind of movie. My favorite kind of movie. Uh, and then he, ha- but then that final confrontation with Minnesota Fats. There's so many great lines there. Where he's like, shoot pool, Eddie. He's like, I'm shooting pool fats. When I miss, you can shoot. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> there, I will say my only comment on like the last 40 minutes of the movie was, this is a real jackets on and off movie. Because <laughs> it felt like <laughs> all they were doing. Taking jackets yeah. off and putting oh, jackets like on. Every character. Just taking off jackets, putting so on jackets. funny. <laughs> I love that. Maybe that didn't appear on screen very often. It was a real novelty at the time. I want that to be a whole genre of film. Jackets on and off. Big jackets on and off movie. <laughs> but he has one line about Bert where he says, you're dead inside and you can't win unless you make everything else dead around you. You know, And it, and it is kind of like it nails a particular type of person. Maybe a type of person who's prevalent in government at this point, too. You but know, it's a, are people who are prevalent online as af- well. But after he says that, then Eddie goes and wins. Like, that's a bleak ending, right? Yeah. Are we to assume that that is what he's become? Or is it turned at the very end when uh, George C. Scott says, you can't play pool in any pool house, any major pool house ever? And he's kind of like, mm, all right. I don't care. I beat the best, right. you know, and I, I conquered my demons. So he can demons, start to care you know? about things again. I don't yeah. know. Either I th- way, it left me with a not good feeling. Yeah, I mean, it's bittersweet, but I think it's ultimately kind of triumphant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think Gleason is the key to those last scenes, yeah. you know, because we don't know anything about his interior life or anything about outside of like he's the best pool player in the the game. Uh, but you get the feeling of like that he's been through, uh, obviously if he's in partnership with, uh, with George C. Scott of like, he knows what his deal is, yeah. you know, and, uh, you, you, you can see kind of like the sadness and the suffering, yeah. he's you know, already sold his soul. He's already he sold like. his soul, you know, and all he does is like live is like the best pool player of all time. And then every match that he has is with somebody who's trying to conquer him, you know? Uh, and then finally he loses to this guy and then they have this one little exchange, you know, fat man, you shoot a great game of pool. You too fast Eddie. And that that's all it is. And it's like, it's such a, a meaningful and beautiful final exchange between two great characters and two great actors. It's, it's, 
it's really it's it is depressing and bittersweet but I, I find it kind of an exhilarating ending it's it's a very satisfying arc to the character it, absolutely in is. terms of acting and writing and directing this, i think this has to be gleason's like great film performance right he didn't do much well smoky in the band <laughs> right that's all i can think yeah. of that came after yeah i mean i'm looking now and in reading about color of money because i don't really remember of color of money that well uh, he was still alive and could have been in the sequel. And I guess they were trying to find ways to get that character into the sequel. Uh, and, uh, they just couldn't find a draft that included that character that they really were behind. And I guess Newman talked to Gleason and Gleason was like, fine. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need, I don't need to be in the movie <laughs> or whatever. But, uh, but that, that would have been interesting definitely to see hmm. those characters reunited. Um, Ben, you want to give this a letter grade? I'm going to give it a B because I think it's a good movie, but it's real hard to watch and I'll maybe watch it again in 20 years. (laughs) Fair enough. Carla? A plus. Wow. What a surprise. What do you really give it? I don't, I can't. It's an incomplete. It's a, it's a dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Incomplete. But uh, but how do you feel? Finish the assignment. How do you feel about it? I feel I I think I already said it's just not for me. It's not interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you enjoyed hanging out with us? Yes, it's been super fun. <laughs> I've taken a little bit of a nap. Just kidding. Uh, I think it's well made. Uh, I don't think that you're wrong for liking it a lot, for enjoying it, or for it being on your list. I think it's uh, worthy. A worthy cinematic experience. You like that Paul Newman fella. That Paul Newman fella is pretty cute. Uh, all the actors were great. Uh, let me finish. Stop trying to interrupt me. <laughs> all the actors were great. The cinematography was great. Um, yeah, it seems like a really great film that I was not interested in at all. Now that you understand the uh, the connection that me and my dad have with pool, does that make even more sense? Like I said, I think it's it makes sense that you like it a lot. Doesn't mean that I'm going to like it. <laughs> Can this marriage be saved? I still don't like it. <laughs> I still don't care about it. But I'm thrilled that you have uh that you have it on your list because it means a lot to you. Okay. I think it's not quite as good as Sunset Boulevard. I don't think it's as good as E. T. the Extraterrestrial. Uh, but I do think it's better than Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So I think that's, uh, of the movies that we've covered thus far, I think it's my third favorite. Cool. All right. Uh, do you guys want to improvise a scene? Oh, fuck. I forgot. <laughs> <sighs> that that sounds like a resounding every, every, like two hours every time. How many of these have you done? A lot. The cast members of JTS Brown would never say, <sighs> oh, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> I have to improvise. Let's do it. Let's go. Mick Napier would never say, oh, fuck, I, I forgot. I don't care. <laughs> well, let's do this. Uh, Color of Money was, you know, 25 years after The Hustler, but he must have tried to play pool, you know, at some point between those two movies, right? So I just want to see uh, Fast Eddie uh, hustling uh, a couple of pool players. Cool. At, uh, at some, maybe Ames. I'd like to see that too. Okay. Great. Let's see that scene. Hey, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna scratch this ball right here. What are you gonna sh- shoot that ball in the air? I'm gonna shoot it in the air. Watch out! 
All right. Yeah, no, no pool player would try to scratch. Well, uh, then apparently you don't know Fast Time at uh, Riley High. <laughs> Your name is Fast Time at Riley High. <laughs> Yeah, heard of me? Do you spell out at or is it the uh, the at symbol? It's the at symbol. Okay. I'm all over the internet. Well, look, uh, look, kid, you're, you're you're clearly a good pool player. You beat me the last couple games, but uh, you know, you you want to play a little more? You want to raise the stakes a little bit? Yeah, I want to raise the stakes. Hey, uh, hey, preacher, can I get uh, JTS Brown? Uh, it's me, Primo. <laughs> oh, Listen, it's, it's... I just make these cakes and one. <laughs> One big timbalo. Oh, it's Primo from Big Night. So, yeah. hey. you know, I'm I'm just here with my friend Fast Times. <laughs> Fast Times at Riley High. Yeah. Hey, this is a this is a pool hall, all right? Oh, I gotta go. <laughs> uh, I'm about to have a big night. But but I am hungry, so. All right. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's um, get uh, let's get one of those tempanos. Oh, jeez. <laughs> let's get a tempano. Yeah, you and, can make uh, it over here in the corner. All right. In the corner pocket? <laughs> in the corner pocket. Okay, oh, call I'm you. I'm turning into something, too. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have an Italian accent before, kid. What's going on? Hey, so what were you saying? We're going we're gonna to do something. We're going to play a game of straight pool. Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to go double or nothing, okay? Okay. All right, you break. Hey. Oh, that was my gun. He didn't leave you much. <laughs> I, I came back. You came back. Hey, I'm so hungry. Oh, I gotta go. Every time this guy comes back, I start talking differently. Well, your gun went off in your pants. Yeah, in my pants. Okay, my shot. <laughs> uh, you didn't leave me much, but uh, you left me a little bit. Let's do the 11 ball side pocket. <laughs> Oh. Hey, I make the sounds. I make the sounds for my shots, okay? Hey, you you didn't tell me that ahead of time. You look familiar, by the way. Well, maybe I am familiar, by the way. We played before? Maybe. You're one of the guys who broke my thumbs? Funny enough, I am. I got all the pictures right here to prove it. <laughs> it's incriminating. <laughs> Wait a minute, are you wearing a mask? That's right. It's me, Tom Cruise. I did not see that ending coming. Wow, that was great. What a surprise. You know, you you did a show last night. You're probably a little improved out. Oh, no. This was the best improv scene I've done in my life. I just mean you just fell asleep on the table. No, that was her at the top of her game. Um, Let me tell I have one quote about this movie. Please. The Hustler. Um, My wife, Julie. uh, My wife. Right. Hilarious. Always. Um, frequent guest on this podcast saw one minute of this movie mm-hmm. where they said the name Minnesota Fla- Minnesota Fats, <laughs> and Julie said, "Come over here." She said, "Hey, that's like my pool name. What's your pool name?" <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> I don't play pool, but I did refer to. <laughs> I refer to myself 
Well, number of times is Mississippi flaps. <laughs> Mississippi flaps. Mississippi flaps. Yeah. Anytime she wants to hustle, she becomes Mississippi flaps. Mississippi flaps. That's a great hustler name. Uh, that is a great hustler name. <laughs> ben, thank you so much for joining us Thanks yet again. Man. Uh, <laughs> what's, uh, what's going on with you? Tell us about Hexwives. We get a half hour. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And now your half hour begins. You do a half hour plugs at the end of this. <laughs> half hour plugs. Um, folks, I'm doing a comic book called Hexwives from DC Vertigo. Uh, it's about witches and it's about the insidious ways that men control women, like making them do a hundred episodes of a podcast with them. <laughs> mm. So that seems cruel. <laughs> Insidious. Um, uh, seriously, it is a, a book that I love. Uh, I'm excited to do it. It is a thing that I've been thinking about for a long time, and it's crazy that I have this opportunity. Um, my artist, Mirka Andolfo, is unbelievably great. My colorist, Marissa Louise, is even better. She elevates everything she does. Um, everyone on this book is making it something special. So I hope you will check it out. It comes out on Halloween, but Ooh, what? Yeah, because it's, it's it's scary. There's issue two has the most upsetting and least sexy sex scene ever to be in comics. Whoa! Yeah, I can't more, wait. More upsetting than that Superman Lois Lane sex scene. <laughs> Does Mississippi Flaps make an appearance? <laughs> Certainly not. Um, I'm learning about the importance of pre-orders. So if any of this sounds appealing to you, and maybe you just uh, trust me because um, Craig does, I don't know. Or Carla. Uh, well, Carla's <laughs> on the fence. <laughs> Carla trusts no one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She's a real Fox Mulder. Um, <laughs> if any of this sounds good to you, please call up your local comic book shop. Tell them you want a copy of Hexwives. They will order you one. Then you go in and you pay $4 and you get to take it home and read it. Yeah. $4. Awesome. It costs more to wait at the parking meter <laughs> while you go true. in and pick it up. Thanks so much. I'm really excited to read it. That Thank sounds you. I'm gonna really cool. Mine. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> do like Carla do. <laughs> Carla, you are three-fourths done with Craigslist. <gasps> yes. 75 movies down, 25 to go. Oh, that's a lot. Can I say one more thing before we wrap up? Because yes. I assume this will be my last appearance on Craigslist. No. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Okay. I'm know. going to assume it's going to be, but I want to say I love this podcast. Aww. No matter how much Carla uh, resists it, that almost makes me love it more. But the endeavor is so much fun for me as a listener uh, that you are attempting to share a thing that you love and that, Carla, you are, you're, you've gone all in on it. I've gone all and, in. And like the conversations you guys have have been fun to listen to, informative. Um, so even when it is done next year, I hope you will find reasons to put things out occasionally like this Aww, together. Well, thank you, Ben, for being an early supporter and All a right, frequent I'll buy guest. Ten pre-orders <laughs> of your comic book. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Sincerely, <clears throat> truly, Julie's holding six spoons in one hand right now. <laughs> <laughs> dessert time, uh, guys. We're gonna have dessert in just a minute, but uh, Carla, I need to inform you about number twenty-five on Craigslist. Great. Uh, this is a film that, uh, won the best picture Oscar in 1984, as well as the best actor Oscar, uh, for a gentleman named F. Murray Abraham playing Salieri in a movie called 
<laughs> Amadeus, directed mm. by Milos Forman. So this is a little movie about Wolfgang <laughs> Amadeus Mozart. Julie's eyes just rolled into the back of her head and came all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to have, uh, as a guest, uh, our friend Becky Ward, who is a violin player who plays in symphonic orchestras and has an opinion or two about uh, this movie and the music of Mozart. Yeah. Have you seen Amadeus? I've never seen Amadeus. You've never seen Amadeus? Mm-hmm. Amadeus, Amadeus. I mean, I've heard that song. <laughs> it's not from the movie. Features heavily in the film. <laughs> so, Craig's listeners, please tune in in a couple of weeks when we will bring you Amadeus. The list is an absolute good. The list is life.